and action. Hey everyone, I'm Alex. I'm here with my husband Shane. The baby's in bed, the cat is in her room, and we are so glad that you could join us for happy hour for this Family Tree Podcast episode 14. This is episode 15, but that was 15. That was almost perfect. <laughs> that I am very impressed. Well, we're going to leave it like that because oh. I don't think I can do better. Okay. Shane, we went to the Santa Claus parade today. How are you feeling? Because I'm still freezing. I was great. Was that your first? That was your first time out of parade. That was, that was my first time earnestly wearing a balaclava <laughs> outside of a, a skit where I'm playing a bank robber or anything. I accidentally wore one, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Well, I was walking ahead of you and Lucy on our way there, mainly because I'm just a fast walker, and I always tend to get ahead. And then once I realized what I was doing, I kept looking back just to see if anybody was giving you guys any looks, because it did look like you were kidnapping a baby. I would never wear a balaclava without holding a baby, (laughs) because I think people are like, oh, that guy looks fishy and then it's like oh no he's got a baby he's a dad and there's a woman with him yeah that's the standard bank robber cat burglar look <laughs> for people who didn't know that <laughs> balaclava it's the bank robber look anyway uh we're gonna get right into it i read a study this week online because i found an interesting guy he is his name's matthew johnson he's a professor of psychology and a director of marriage and family studies at binghamton Binghamton University in New York. I looked it up to make sure it was a legit school. It's New York's state school. So that's pretty legit. But he had written an article in Fortune magazine that I read. He had surveyed decades and decades of marriage studies and then has conducted his own studies and kind of compiles the information. He talks about um, how, and I don't know if this is a surprise or not, uh, but I want to ask you if it's a surprise that childless couples have more marital satisfaction than couples with children. Does that fact surprise you or not surprise you? Least surprising thing ever. (laughs) Doing cocaine all night is fun. (laughs) Having more free time is better than having less free time, says study. Cake is tasty. Like, I don't know. Like, this study seems like a bit of a quack study to me. No, 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 no. That's not the study. That's just... The findings of decades of studies. I need 10 minutes to think about it, and I would come up with that same fact. But not necessarily. I Okay, I get it, and I understand that. It makes sense. But at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, I like I don't know. I think of childless couples, and I think of us and other friends that we have with kids, and I don't see too much different. Like, I don't see much of a difference between uh, how happy everybody seems. Well, we're not in the weeds of any relationship, so you're never going to see how happy or unhappy someone is in a relationship. No, like on course. Instagram, you might see the, the best highlights, of course, yeah. but it's never going to be like somebody with their wife and be like, the caption's going to be like, she's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, that one guy actually that you kind of know on Instagram, did he not post a family picture and he's like, this is our last family picture because I hate my life and we're divorcing? Okay, the relationship was done there. It's different (laughs) when the relationship's over. I thought it was, they were just hitting the end of it. I didn't think it was actually over at that point. No, it was over. So he was just kind of commenting on how his relationship had ended. And a lot of people are going to get way more honest if the relationship's actually over. Oh, yeah. Like the difference two weeks before a toxic relationship ends, it's like, it's very passionate. It's like, I love this woman. Trying to salvage it. And then afterwards, it's like, she was the devil all the while, you know? It's true. Um, but anyway, that study, 
I'm not impressed by no, the headline. No, it's not. It's not one study. It's decades of studies. He is just compiling Even the research worse. in a palatable uh, article for people to explain. Wow, what a waste of time. <laughs> Should have just asked Shane. You're good. What? So, and okay. So here's my question to you then. Do you think that our marriage after having Lucy is what you expected better or worse than you expected? What I expected, though. But I'm an old person. Like, I I got married and had a kid at the age, like, three years after I thought I was ready. Right. So I, I'm sure if I was 25, it'd be a different case. But then how, how would you rate, out of 10, 10 being the most satisfied, one being the least satisfied, how would you rate your marriage marital satisfaction, not before kids, but after Lou? And I'm now- the most satisfied. I'm, I'm a 10, and I would guess you're, like, an 8 or something. No, I'm pretty hot. Jeez. <laughs> I mean, no, like, this is a joke? No, no. I'm, like, hot on the marriage, Shane. Like, I'm, like, warm. Uh, anyhow, the study goes on to say, which, again, may or may not surprise you, that on average, couple satisfaction declines in a marriage with or without children in the first five years. And 92% once having kids report increases in conflict. I, I actually think we fight less now. Well, we're hung over less. Our mood is a little bit better now that we don't have a pounding headache. You okay? Between last week and this week, you, this week you make it seem like we were always drunk or fighting. Like remember when we were talking about laying in bed, hungover, and everything? Mm-hmm. I listened to that back, and I was like, "Oh, this made us seem like we drank a lot, a lot." No, but we did on on a weekend. On a if weekend, it, it, yeah. Yeah, but we have to wake up for work the other. The no, other I time, know, so. but I I just want to point out it's like anybody else in their twenties and thirties. It wasn't. It just seemed like crazy, in sure. my mind. Sure. Yeah, we weren't alcoholics, but we would <laughs> we would drink to excess on Friday and Saturday night. Like I would consider that a form of binge drinking. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So anyway, the decline. Okay. So it's a really steep decline, actually. Um, that's reported when you have kids. So research has found that relationship satisfaction declines at twice the rate when you have kids however even though that happens divorce rates are way lower yeah because people are staying together for the kids, kids. this is very <laughs> obvious stuff <laughs> i didn't think it was i was surprised by so many people being so unhappy kids cause a lot more problems like if you don't know that going into no, it but, well, you don't know thing. much but that's the thing and because people end up having kids because they want to save the relationship they think it'll bring you closer together and all those lovey-dovey things because you are in love when you get married ideally but then that doesn't happen. And if you're not ready for that, and if you're not mature enough to handle that, then you're going to see a decline. And the okay. biggest predictor in general life happiness, and like talk to any sanitarian, is... Sanitarian? Sanitarian. Sanitarian. Oh, I thought we were going to like garbage men or something. <laughs> it's satisfaction with your spouse. Explain what a sanitarian... A, a person that's 100 years old or older. Centenarian? You just love using that word. Centenarian. You, I don't even know so how to say unnecessary. you, loser. No, that's what you call them, an octogenarian. It would be... If I check your Google history right now, I guarantee you centenarian is in there. I promise you. Were you were dying to use no, that word. No, it's, Shane, I promise you it's not. You can go through my Google history right after this You podcast. thought I was going to accept you saying centenarian and be like, okay, yes, yes let's move on. Because that's who I'm talking about. I'm talking about that demographic. Okay. So, if you ask them... <laughs> that, that demographic, <laughs> eight people in existence, it's the demo we're going for with this podcast. 
No, but the main predictor of your happiness in life is your satisfaction with your spouse. So it is so important whether you have kids or not to work on that relationship because that is the, the one thing that, you know, has the biggest influence over your general happiness. Okay. Which people, <laughs> people, people should know this. I'm hoping yeah. the people listening here already know this. <laughs> Like you, I know people can't see Alex right now, but she has like so many cards filled front and back with notes. Not, you were like, not. this pod is going to be so informative. You're going to love it. I was like, no, okay, I do I need to know anything? I just said it would be good. Okay. Anyhow, we're going to be talking about marriage and we're going to uh, talk to a few people about the struggles that they faced when they had kids and how they overcame them if they did or how they didn't overcome Wait, them. Wait, you're kidding me. <laughs> what? The facts are done? This is it? No. Well, I have more, but now I'm feeling weird. Is there anything though? Uh, sorry, I don't mean to make fun of this, but is there anything actually interesting that might be, oh, sorry, surprising? I, Shane. I'm shocked that it's twice twice the decline. 92% of people are less happy in their marriage after kids. That that amount does shock me because I find us to be incredibly happy. And I think that we are happier with kids yeah. than we were without. Like, I think we're happier now. I think this is the... Ha- Since I got pregnant, I think our relationship has been better than it ever was. Ever. Like, mm-hmm. I really love uh, our life. Right yeah, now. as do I, yeah. Yeah, so that's why it surprises me. And like, obviously we fight. Obviously there are times when we, you know, get frustrated with each other, get resentful, whatever. But on on the whole, it's, it's I find, way better. Yeah, we do fight. But when we do, it's over important things. Like, for instance, last week I ate chicken wings for lunch. And I, <laughs> I forgot to tell Alex. And she went through our bank statements and discovered I had eaten wings. <laughs> And then went two weeks back and said, oh, I asked you how your day was. And you didn't tell me you ate chicken wings. <laughs> I think. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just didn't think it was a big deal. Okay, to just stand up for myself for one second. I ask you every day, hey, how was your day? Did anything fun or out of the ordinary happen? And you go, no, 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 and nothing. But then it's like going out for lunch and getting Toronto's best wings. That's fun. That's out of the ordinary. I tell you when I have a good pita. Mm-hmm. So first of all, every wing joint in Toronto claims to be Toronto's best wings. Well, I just said they happen to be tasty wings and I didn't think it was story worthy because we were talking about other things that day. You know, I like buffalo wings and you know, I like talking about mm-hmm. lunch. If I could screen grab the text <laughs> messages you sent me and send them to people, I guarantee you would be in the wrong here. All right. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, our first call. Your parents. My parents. Uh, they... And are we going to get back to this amazing study at all? Or is this just done now? No, it's not. It's Shane. And again, it's not one study. It's decades of studies. And now they are just, regardless of if you already thought that or thought it was so obvious, it is just proving mm-hmm. those facts are true. Okay. Um, Does pizza cause you to gain weight, do you think? <laughs> Shut up. We all suspected it did. Let's do wait for the 20-year study. Okay. okay. Well, I will say, I will say that there is a solution to it all. Um, and it's how you manage the decision-making process and how you handle arguments and things like that. Which, again, just by the look on your face, you're going to say, duh, is obvious. Wait, I'm just going to... Oh, I'm looking at Alex's notes. <laughs> Oh, the scientist says communication does matter in a relationship. Okay, and I'm just going to throw one factoid in before we get to the call, and that's if you are worried about your sex life and how uh, crummy that has become after you have a baby, it bounces back after two years. 
naturally unless you you know try and actually make a change before then so allow cuddling allow you know tenderness between you two even if you're not ready for sex because that'll just help nurture uh that intimate relationship so that's the last factoid nice yeah so we are what two years and 10 months away two no two years no and we're eight months away seven months away no to what oh right because i'm gonna have another baby yeah right fun times ahead babe yep okay let's take that call on that note all right, so we are calling my parents because, uh, well, they're hanging out in Miami right now, sitting by a pool, waiting for our call. Uh, and we're calling your dad's number? We're calling my dad's number. Uh, they've been married for, I think, 34 years, 35 years. Empty nesters now, uh, and they have always had a happy marriage, but obviously I've had some fights too, so we're going to get into that. Hello. Hello. Sorry, you guys, for uh, being a couple minutes late. That's okay. We're just waiting to go out. I want to ask, uh, we're talking about marriage satisfaction before kids versus after kids. Um, oh. Now, in what ways do you guys did you guys find that you were uh, struggling more after kids, and how did you overcome it? Okay, so the, the, the struggle for us was, uh, you know, different for, for us than other people because I traveled so much, and you had so many health problems when you were young and you know, I'd be traveling somewhere in a, in another country and uh, there were no cell phones back in those days. I'd come back to my hotel room at uh, midnight and there would be all these messages at the hotel desk saying, Oh, Mr. Lamparski, please call home. I'd call home and it would be, you know, I'd find out you were in the hospital. It was just very stressful for both of us. And uh, it, you know, did it, did it place stress on the marriage? No, to a small degree, yes. We just pissed each other, by the way, as I said <laughs> that. And um, to a small degree. But, but the thing was, we just made the most of it when we were together. And it kind of reminds me of what you guys go through on a daily basis with Shane. Uh, you know, really not getting a chance to see Lucy because he worked such long hours and he worked so hard. He's dedicated to his job, uh, which he, you know, has to be. And, um from what I gather, you guys really make the most of it for those few hours before you go to bed. In fact, today, uh, when you were texting me and asking me to be on the pod, I was listening to Shane's other podcast, Mike on Much, and he was just talking about you guys playing video games for three hours at <laughs> night one night uh, on a weeknight. And I thought, oh, that was so sweet. And it reminds me of the mom... It reminded me of things mom and I would do, um, and I don't even want to say about Scrabble. Naked, well, naked make, Scrabble? Naked Scrabble. We, <laughs> we just, what? They would play Scrabble naked. Don't overthink it. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we'd sit by the fire, and, and our friends would laugh because we'd tell our friends. No, our friends weren't there. Just yeah, they weren't there yet. For, <laughs> yeah. anyway, Real freaky. Just to, uh, just to add to and, and say... Um, there's so many big things to worry about. Like, you know, save all your troubles and, and strife for the big stuff. The little stuff, you know, can can really, um, can, can, you know, eat you up. So don't let the little stuff bother you. And you can get over the little stuff. And, and you know what? For the big stuff, you're there for each other. So, it, you know, it's, it's all good. Take everything with... Um, 
with humor and love and push through it and always apologize yeah. and always ask for forgiveness. Would you yep. say that you f argued bef more before you had kids or after you had kids? After, oh. I think. Well, yeah, we yeah. Um, before kids, life was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now we're after kids again. No, now we're before kids again. Yeah, so. no, you know, yeah, you know I, yeah, I think we argued more after kids because there's so many respons more responsibilities. Yeah. So much more stress uh, because after kids, you've got more, then you have diapers to pay for, and you have housekeeping. I mean, I mean, uh, it's all uh, babysitting, and mm -hmm. like so many little things. I think there's just so much more stress. And the other thing is, when you first have a kid, those first couple of years, boy, does it interfere with your quality of life? Yeah, you know, like you have a great life yeah. because you have this beautiful little kid, but. You, you know, does not naked scrabble um, <laughs> at, at, at 6 p.m. You know what I mean? We've like, got to wait till 8. Yeah, that's right. Like, like, like it's, it's different. So I think the biggest adjustment was that first two years, and you guys are, you know, almost there, and it sounds like you're still doing very well. So congratulations. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and anything else? Do you want to say more? We no, 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 no. You guys have been fantastic. Um, we really appreciate the call. <laughs> Have a great time tonight. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. So, un shocking that your parents found they argued more after children. I know. I'm thinking there might be some credibility to this article. I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you dingus. <laughs> but uh, you heard it here first. Mm -hmm. Naked Scrabble and the positive effects that could have on... Uh, your overall happiness in your marriage. So hearing that from your parents, mm -hmm. you know how some people are grossed out when they hear certain things sexual from their parents. Like, yeah. Oh, don't say that. Right. Are you like that or are you not like that? Oh, God. Way past that point. Mm -hmm. I, fe I feel like, and this sounds perverse, but I feel like you almost like it. I do now because I'm happy for them. And I like hearing that they love each other. So I'm like, I don't want to hear details or anything like that. Naked Scrabble's so... But beyond innocent. loving each other, I feel like you're happy that there is still I'm happy sparks in marriage in, in that capacity. 100%. Because my greatest fear is uh, losing that spark or losing that sexual attraction, that thing that made you attracted to each other initially, you know, that fire. And that is my greatest fear. Do you know what mine is? What? Being murdered by terrorists. <laughs> and then... Us having a, a bad week of sex. <laughs> <laughs> then being murdered in a, an, a car accident or killed in a car accident. Well, here's the thing. Dying. That, that's an order, though. If you die, then you have no problems anymore because you're dead. But then if you're alive and just like living a life where you think you're like spouses, finding that spark somewhere else and you're just like not happy because you're not getting anything. And that's just like that's yeah. the worst. No stress for the dead. No stress for the dead. It is. It's one of the most comforting things in life, I find. The fact that we will die, thus a lot of things that might be on our minds are meaningless in a sense. Yeah. So that is very uh, comforting for me. Yeah, no, I I find that very morbid, but I totally get it. You just came up with the thing, so I, I was just supporting you. Now you're like, bit of a weird morbid thought, but okay, weirdo. Um, but yeah, let me ask you, would you, if your mom or your dad uh, had brought up something about them being intimate when they were together. Would that gross you out or? For me, it would, since my parents are divorced, 
anything if if anyone was to disclose anything sexual to me it would almost feel like high school gossip or something I'd be like oh my god you actually had sex with dad <laughs> because it's so foreign to me that yeah. it, it would just be jaw dropping as i don't consider my mom and dad to be sexual beings with each other at yeah. all they're so not and they've been separated for so long too yeah right? it's like yeah. impossible like my my dad is with my stepmom and my stepmom mm -hmm. is Lucy's Nona. So mm -hmm. it's not even an, a possibility. So it would just be like crazy to hear that they ever even kissed. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's funny because I, I feel that a lot of my high school friends in my group, like my good girl group, they feel the same way about their parents as I do. And they're just kind of over it because I think that a lot of my friends have very lovey-dovey parents. Mm -hmm. And everybody stumbled across something they shouldn't have stumbled across or, you know, seen something they shouldn't have seen. And uh, in high school, we were all really grossed out and it hit us hard and we were like, ugh. But uh, now we're all just like real happy and like hopeful that we can be like that too one day. Yeah, more than over it. You're into it. Yeah, well, into it in the sense that <laughs> I... <laughs> into it in the sense that... I want that for myself. Babe. <laughs> Shut up. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Anyway, moving on. Moving right on. Uh, just let me check out times here. We're going to now make a couple more phone calls uh, to some people who are going to share with us their struggles with their marriage post-baby. Hello. Hey, Pat. This is Alex and Shane from This Family Tree Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the call. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. So, <clears throat> Pat, you're calling in with a, I was asking for a specific question today. So that was for people to describe their marriage struggles, post kids, uh, and how you deal with them. Or if you didn't, then what, what you're doing in that case. So what, yeah. have, what have you got to share with us? Yeah. Uh, well, this is my third kid. I had twins and then the baby 10 years apart. And the, the experience was totally different. Uh, the the twins was so much easier. What? <laughs> That's weird, but <laughs> they were easier. That's insane. Us. I think the way that yeah, the way that we faced the, the situation, we faced as a team. Mm -hmm. So we had no really like we had like a, a attack <laughs> the the situation as a team. Uh, with the baby now, um, I think the ten year uh, uh, gap and the fact that she is my last one. I think I faced in a different way and I was much more protective, more, I think I was different mm -hmm. and the baby was also was different. So I feel that we both had a great connection, but she didn't have the same connection with my husband. And because of this and her needs, she was more, uh, she needed me more than the girls. And I think that we grew apart mm -hmm. uh, for some time. And I noticed that we were really struggling in our marriage because of that. We lost the connection. We were not even sleeping in the same bed. We were sleeping in different beds because the baby wanted to um, nurse all the time. So she was in a different situation. And But then I decided to, for me, the decision was totally mine, like, hey, no, that's not right. We need to put things in the right places. So I decided, no, we have to sleep in the same bed. Baby's going to understand um, that things are different now. And that 
I think we change it everything. Oh, that's amazing. Everything was it was like instantly changed. When you started sleeping in the same bed again. Not not only that, but not putting uh the baby's needs that were not like the baby's now sixteen months old. So mm. It's not like a small baby. Yeah. But I got used to putting her in the first place and her needs and putting my marriage in the backseat for a while. Well, you got two 10-year-olds. You could give them some of the jobs and uh, that should help. No, do you ever put them to work? Yes. Because <laughs> that's the, the only thing a I could lot. think of. I was like, if I had two like twins that were 10, I'm like, just the list of chores growing in my head that I would start giving them so I had more time and start Yeah, to I have free babysitting forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, they either love that or hate that. How do your kids respond to it? Yeah, one of them love it. The other one is like, no, I'm not, not into it. I prefer not. <laughs> <laughs> so may I ask, uh, how long was it into like postpartum, like how old was your baby when you guys started really attacking your problems and getting things back on track? Uh, it's been two months. Oh, that's good. She was yeah. 14 months. Mm-hmm. It was too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was like Shane and I uh, never co-slept and we never had Lucy in our bedroom. Um, mm-hmm. Like she, From day one, she was always in the nursery and we made that decision so that we could have time together at night to talk and you know there's pros and cons to that like me I yeah. was up constantly with the baby constantly mm-hmm. and then I'd go back to our room and and that was really hard but I think overall it was a really it was the right decision for us anyway because it, it helped a lot yeah. in that way I, I couldn't imagine getting to the point where it's just like you know it's you're not even sleeping together and I, I think that happens to right. so many people right and the, the interesting thing is that with the girls I was like that they were in their own cribs since the, the day one I thought no I, I think I kind of underestimated I thought I knew how this like I have very good experience having mm-hmm. twins so this third one is going to be so easy <laughs> and she was a different baby yeah really and I think I I let this all this thing happened and of course my husband he was asking me to think differently and I was prioritizing the breastfeeding thing I really want to nurse her for longer because I nursed the girls for too little mm-hmm. and I thought no this one I made almost like a goal yeah to nurse her until she was two so this was like this is the first thing in my mind so I kind of um fought for it yeah and but I, I think I made the wrong decision in this case to make this be the first thing in my mind other than my marriage. And, of course, I have so many consequences from this, like the connection that we lost during this time. We have to really work on getting it back together. Um, of course, the uh, self-esteem goes way down because we, mm-hmm. we don't each other the same way so I remember there was this day that I took the decision no we're getting her in her crib today and I'm moving back to my bed and it was just like the one day yeah that everything changed you know I'm so glad you brought this up because so we're expecting again and I, I was thinking I was like how do I work out the bedroom situation for the baby and 
I was initially thinking, I'm like, you know, we have a lot of space in our room. Maybe I'll, I'll keep her in our room for the first few months. And, you know, then I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't because I, I don't think that'll work. And then this, this conversation really confirmed to me that that's not something I want to do. And when you said like about your self-esteem, I feel that so much. And that's like such a huge thing that we don't often, you don't anticipate happening when, you know, maybe you lose that connection because you're initially just worried about your spouse, but then it takes a huge Mm -hmm. toll on your self-esteem. Like I went through a long period where I just like didn't feel hot. Like I didn't feel attractive Mm -hmm. or anything. That's hard because that, that just sits with you all day, you know? Yeah. And we, we are not, um, I, I don't know. I, I know your experience. <laughs> I remember your video, like <laughs> how is to breastfeed the baby and go through the sleepless night and everything. Yeah. So we have so much going on. Like hormonal uh, part is so hard on us and getting back to um, feeling yourself again, mm-hmm. like, Hey, I'm still a woman. I'm not this like air of boots. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it was so hard. So I let myself go, not only my marriage, but I let myself go. I, I was not even, I, I, I was doing the minimal mm-hmm. to keep me alive, you know? Yeah. Oh, big time. Um, so I was putting everything back. And I think that that was too hard on me and too hard on my marriage. So the whole family had to to adapt. Yeah, no, I can't imagine how uh, difficult that must be. And I'm so glad to hear that you guys are on the right track again. That's absolutely the best. Uh, It's the best thing to keep fighting for. But Pat, thank you so much for sharing with us tonight. And uh, we hope the rest of your weekend goes well. Thank you. Congratulations on the pregnancy. Thank you so much. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) See you. Bye. Bye. So, We are going to give a call to Allison, who is a potty training consultant, uh, because we've just done our first week potty training with Lou, and uh, we've had some hits and misses. So we will talk about the hits and misses and how we can get more hits. We need more hits. Hi, Alex. Thanks for taking our call tonight. Uh, So those listening, Allison is a potty training consultant. Uh, You can find her with the super direct Instagram handle, which I love, which is at potty training consultant. Uh, (laughs) And we touched base last week about loose potty training. Um, So Allison, how long have you been a potty training consultant? Um, So I've been potty training in one form or another for about the past four years now. And I've had the the actual business as a potty training consultant for the past um, two and a half. Okay, awesome. So we just did our first week. Like we got Lou a potty last week. Um, okay. And so Shane and I really know nothing about this journey. Lucy's 18 months right now. Um, okay. And we got the potty just with the intention of doing everything really slow because we know she's still pretty young. Like she can't pull down her pants and pull them up yet. Um, but right. she does like mimic us on the potty so like while I'm going she'll sit there and she'll read a book or she'll she loves to flush it so she will be flushing it all day (laughs) yeah um she'll put her little toys on the potty and stuff like that so she she gets it um but like how much should I be expecting from her at this point at this age 
Yeah, so um, actually, 18 months is the perfect age to start introducing the concept of potty training. Um, like you said, it's a little bit young to kind of dive in and ditch the diapers just yet. Usually, um, I suggest the ideal age um, for like formal potty training to be between around 22 to 28 months. Okay. Um, and every child is different, of course, but that usually tends to be the, the best time for um, for them to really be able to grasp the idea and do things, you know, kind of start to finish independently. Um, but yeah, 18 months is a great time to introduce the concept. So you're doing exactly the right thing. You want to get her familiar with sitting on the potty. Um, I would do it uh, even sometimes when she's naked, you know, like before she gets into the bathtub is a good time. Um Try to incorporate one set potty time each day so that you can kind of develop a little routine with with using the potty. That way she'll come to expect it. And kids love routines, so it will just make her feel more comfortable, um, you know, knowing what to expect, knowing that, okay, before we get in the bathtub, we sit on the potty first. And then that way when you do start potty training, it won't be as much of a big change to her. So she'll already be a little bit used to it. Okay, I like that. Um, Because so – as the week's been going so far, so I take her to daycare during the day. I pick her up at about 3.30. And then she always seems to have to go around 5.36. And she kind of looks at me and, like, points okay. to her bum and makes a face. Or she'll just say poo-poo. And then I've started her bringing, in the ba- bringing her to the potty and sitting her down. Okay. Uh, and whether she goes on the way or whether she actually makes it there and then goes in the toilet, um, I'll, like, put the poop in the potty. And then we'll like, we'll look at it. We'll say bye-bye and we'll flush it away. We'll clap. Um, But okay. So I guess my confusion is I'm only doing this like once a day. And is that, is the lack of, you know, like her daycare provider's not on board. She's not doing this with um, my mother-in-law during the day. So is the lack of consistency going to help or harm us? Um, I think in these initial stages, it doesn't really matter. I think if you can um, develop some consistency during the time that she is with you, then that's going to be helpful no matter what. Um, So if you're, you know, if you're doing the same process every day, like if she's a predictable pooper and you know about when, what time each day that she's going to go, then that's great. That's another indicator that she's on her way to being ready, um, to being potty trained. So, um, and conquering any kind of poop anxiety or fear associated with the potty as early on as possible is the best thing to do because that tends to be like the number one thing that parents get stuck on, um, as they're going through the potty training process is the pooping aspect. Um, but I think in these early stages, it's fine. But once you are ready to actually, you know, when you're thinking about actually getting rid of the diapers, I think it's really important that you talk to all the caregivers in advance and get them on board so that they're carrying over the same things that you're doing with her. So you keep things as consistent as possible at that time. Okay. At what age should we be worried if she's just not taking to it at all? Um, so, I mean, she's... That's a really hard question to answer because there are kids that um, won't potty train until they're five years old. So it's really hard to say um, when you should be concerned. But usually I I find that if you choose a time when you are ready, um, somewhere in that 
that six-month range that I mentioned earlier between 22 and 28 months, and you really designate time to spend to it. I'm not talking like if you don't see improvement within like a day or the first two days and you give up and go back to diapers. It really takes um, a commitment, you know, on mm-hmm. your part. So once once she sees that um, that you have made the change and that the change is permanent, then, you know, she should start kind of falling into place. Most families will see significant improvement and results within the first week or two. Um, and then it, you know, kind of onward progress from there. But there are going to be good days. There's going to be bad days as with, you know, learning any new skill. So, um, so it really just depends on, on how, how her journey goes. Unfortunately, it's yeah. hard to predict. So, okay, we had an instance this week. Um, I had Lou sitting on the couch with me uh just with pants on because she understands when she has to take a poop um but she doesn't understand pee and then we were just kind of playing around the living room and everything um just with pants on and no diaper uh and then Mm -hmm. we're sitting on the couch and she peed all over the couch um because i I kind of forgot at that point that she didn't have a diaper on so Uh how do you best show like if they make a mistake like that because it's not a mistake to them they're just going like they know but what's the best way to show them that oh hey that was pee and we don't do that there we do that in the potty like what's in again i I recognize that was my fault because she doesn't even know that she's peeing when it happens but what's the best way (laughs) once we get going to say hey like we don't do this here Sure. So once you actually start the potty training process with her and, um, and you know, you've made the switch over out of diapers, um, you, the best way to acknowledge like accidents and things like that is to just kind of be as, um, matter of fact as possible and have kind of a minimal reaction towards it. You don't want to, of course, like flip out and, you know, shame her or scold her in any way. Um, but the best thing to do is just say something simple like, oops, you went pee pee. Remember, PP only goes in the potty now. And, um, you know, you can kind of have her participate in the cleanup process a little bit, um, get her new clothes to put on and put the old ones in the hamper, that kind of thing, so that she sees that, um, first of all, that it would be faster to just use the potty in the first yeah. place. And, um, you know, and, and secondly, to acknowledge the, the new process of things, that it's not just going to be like, mommy cleans me up and it's no big deal, um, that, you know, she's actually involved mm-hmm. in the process and, and there is, you know, a, a result to the behavior. So Yeah, no, that's perfect. So if you were to give uh, one general piece, like your best piece of advice, and then your one thing not to do, your one no-no to couples that are going to start potty training, what would those be? Okay, so I'll start with the first one. My best piece of advice is to um, is to always prepare yourself as a parent, as your child's teacher and coach. Um, I think we put a lot of focus on preparing our child for the process, but mm-hmm. we don't necessarily ourselves take the time to think about um, you know, how, how different it's going to make our lives once you actually start potty training. Um, so I think if you take some time to really mentally prepare and think about all the changes that are going to take place and how you're going to handle certain situations, 
um, you know, get a set plan in place, surround yourself with people that are going to support you through the process, you know, without like pushing on wanted advice on you and that kind of thing. Um, that tends to make the process go a lot more, a lot more smoothly because you're in a better place. You're more confident about it. And, um, you know, it sounds cheesy, but you know, the positivity goes a long way. So if you're thinking positive about the process, it's gonna, it's ultimately going to be better for, for both you and your child. So that's something that I always like to suggest to people before they get started, that it's not all about the child. You guys, you know, you have to be ready too. That's one of the most important things. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, Poop positive. Exactly. (laughs) Um, And then I guess my biggest no-no would be um, once you start the potty training process to not flip-flop back and forth between um, diapers and underwear because that's just going to kind of set your child up for confusion. It's going to just prolong the process even longer, which nobody wants. Um, and, you know, by eliminating all the diapers in the beginning with, you know, some exception for nighttime and that kind of thing, it really just helps send a clear message to your little one that, you know, um, pee and poop are only going to go in the potty from now on and not in our pants or anywhere else. And, um, it just, you know, really solidifies the goal. So that's, that would be the one thing that I, I always cringe when I see people, you know, saying, well, they're going to wear diapers while we go to the grocery store, um, you know, but they are in underwear at home. Like you can do that, but it's really not the most effective way to get the job done. I'm glad you said that because honestly, I think that's something that I would probably do if I didn't hear you say that. Yeah, just now. I would have no idea. I would think most people would think to do that. I know. As, to be smart. A lot of people that's do. That's great news. Yeah, no, that's so yeah, great to so know. I know it's definitely scary. I think the first times we think about venturing out of the house with our newly diaper free kid um, and having to deal with potential accidents out of the house and things like that. But it like that's kind of part of the preparation process, too. So if you, you know, stock up your diaper bag with extra changes of clothes, with wipes, with, um, you know, absorbent cloths to soak up any accidents like that kind of thing, then um you don't have to necessarily worry about having a diaper on them when you go out. Plus, you know, have a little faith because our kids are capable of way more than we give them credit for sometimes. So, Yeah, absolutely. Allison, thank you so, so much uh, for taking our call tonight. And you definitely gave me some good info um, that we really appreciate. Yeah, no, thank you so, so much. <laughs> no problem. It was great talking to you guys. Absolutely. Have a great night. But yeah, the, I thought that was really good advice from that woman i thought it was because mm-hmm. i was i just assumed that you practice potty training at home and then not necessarily when you're going out mm-hmm. because that can get messy even in the car seat can you imagine a poop explosion or a big pee in the car seat yeah and i guess selfishly you would think okay like i'm not training perfectly but this is her on her way you don't think once you start you're just going full bore as a parent yeah. because it's so It would be so annoying to bring the separate pair of pants and everything. But I guess it is training the parent, too, to actually put in that effort. But it's like immersion into anything, like learning a language. You want to learn French? Go spend time in France. You want to learn how to be diaperless for good? Go everywhere without a diaper. It makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. Scary to think, and I am very nervous for when we have to do that. Uh, I'm going to make sure that the first time we go out is when you're home with me so that we can both tackle it. But yeah, that's... That's a terrifying thing that we're going to have to take on. And because, and two, the, the advice about how to handle when Lou does make an error on the couch, because I had suggested to you <laughs> to either 
hit her on the <laughs> on the nose gently with a newspaper or rub her nose in the stain so she knows so she knows that there's repercussions when something like that happens like a dog yeah <laughs> so i'm here learning a lot also and i'm glad we didn't go forward with my plan <laughs> oh i'm glad we didn't go forward with your plan babe um yeah okay so i took this quiz before we started tonight um it is a marriage quiz about uh how good your marriage is going an, an internet quiz although i went to a quiz rating website and it said the good quizzes about marriage and the bad ones and it said this one was a good one so that's why i went with it so my results at the end of it read the good news is it looks like your marriage is out of the crisis zone at the same time your skills could use a boost your marriage has so much potential which i thought was uh not a good reflection of it but i don't know how they grade these things so i want to know uh what yours says and if it's you're giving me a quiz. Yes. Okay. All right. So first question. It is Okay. So you have to answer not at all, neutral, or very accurately. Okay. So on that scale. How well does this describe your marriage? It is important to me to tell my spouse the details about my day each evening. Sorry. Give me the options. Well, from not accurately, kind of accurately, very accurately, kind of accurately kind of accurately all right i leave the room before i become so angry that i begin to yell at my partner not accurate when i feel annoyed or angry i can calmly figure out what the problem is or what i want what's the the middle one just middle neutral middle yeah i often tell my spouse what i like and appreciate about him or her accurate I rarely tell my partner what to do or how to do things. The exact opposite, like the extremely not accurate one. My partner and I are good at preventing new fights about the same topics. The worst, like we're the worst at that. Okay. <laughs> my spouse and I almost always solve a disagreement in a way that leaves us both happy. Uh not neutral, but the one worse than neutral. Okay. When I disagree with my spouse, I listen hard for what makes sense in what my spouse is saying instead of focusing on how he or she is wrong. Uh, I'd say that's accurate. When something isn't working in our marriage, we're good at fixing it. I'd say that's accurate. When my partner is bothered by something, I rarely tell him or her something like, don't worry about it. When you're bothered by something? So like if I'm bothered by something you're doing, you just kind of brush it off. And oh, say, by something I'm it. doing? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to just say neutral just because I'm not sure. All right. So, <laughs> so <clears throat> yours says, hmm, the good news is that you're mostly out of the crisis zone and there's mm -hmm. still a lot of room for improvement. How would you feel about talking to a coach about your relationship? Uh, so I found out this website is actually selling uh, relationship coaching, but mine didn't hit, it gives this little graph of when you're like totally in sync and then mm -hmm. when you're in the red area, which is a crisis zone. Mine didn't even hit the crisis zone. In fact, I was in the power of two for a couple of my answers. Right. But you, you dip in the crisis zone just a little bit. Do you think that is a good reflection of our marriage? 
I don't know. I think that those those things are definitely selling something. Mm-hmm. So they word things in a way that almost anyone is. They they find everything that someone's very bad at. Yep. And they they ask those questions that most people tend to be poor at, mm-hmm. so they can sell coaching. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But with when they're saying that. Uh, there's in a crisis zone in some areas. Do you think those are like how we handle arguments or decision making? Like where do you think if we were to call any part of our marriage like a crisis zone just as the part that needs the most help, what aspect do you think that would be? What would need to be? I, I, I think it would be after discussion and a plan falling into old habits would mm-hmm. be. And you're you're much more agreeable than me, meaning Let's say I have high aspirations and goals. You don't care if those goals get met or not, really, as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And if a plan, like if I just said we're going to the zoo every day, <laughs> we would go to the zoo every day, and you wouldn't care. You'd you'd be like, the zoo is awesome. I love the zoo. That that idea has me excited. But I I think it's good, uh, so good for us because imagine we are both like you or both like me i mean i think we would either end up just never getting anything done or we'd be so busy focusing on getting things done that we wouldn't have any time where we just kind of sit back and just like kind of kick it or appreciate things i'm only taking the reins just because i have to i am naturally not a type to be on someone but well the thing is you're so good at it and uh, for me i think you naturally are a type to be taking the reins because it it seems to come so easily to you and you are so good at it and and like leading us and suggesting to do things and suggesting different ways we can be successful and different goals (laughs) to meet uh and i'm not good at that and i just i think you're so good at and you're so good at not just me but like you know, you have so many people that you've motivated, and I, I think that's a really strong suit of yours. I only think it comes from a place of uh, desperation. You, you don't have that mental fear well, of Well, everything already failure. always works out. I so mm. appreciate all the projects I'm taking on with you because mm. we sit there and spend time together. Like, this is our mm. Saturday night version of Naked Scrabble, oh. sitting here and talking on podcast. Wait, are you trying to motivate others to do podcasts right no, now? Okay, no. Okay, sorry. Saying, I, I didn't know what you were doing. I'm saying we like doing that. So, like, whatever it is for you guys, like, we play video games, we do podcasts. Mm. Do what you guys like to do and remember what you like to do, what you did before the mm. baby. Put that baby to bed early and do it. Like, actually do it. But honest question, mm. and I want a really honest answer. Okay. If I didn't... I'm say- nervous. But, but <laughs> I'm I, honest, I seriously want you to be honest with I me. I will. I'm just sweating. Do you think if I didn't ask you to record the podcast every week, you would bring up to record the podcast every week? No. In fact, today I was feeling really nauseous all day and I was thinking, I wonder if we record tomorrow. Would it be correct to say if I had never brought up recording the podcast, we would have probably had five total recorded episodes instead of... 15 yes or wait just let me (laughs) (laughs) or the podcast would have just be over right now and we would have just it would have been a start and stop project no i think we would have uh i think we would have had five i think we would have tried to you know resuscitate it and i don't know that that would be working because the consistency wouldn't be there um no no I'm, i'm just saying you think we would have tried to resuscitate it, or you mean I would try to motivate you to start it up again? 
you would try to motivate me to start it up again. Uh, yeah, am I a stage husband? No, you're incredibly you're incredibly helpful to me, and I need your help because I wouldn't be doing anything if it wasn't with your help. And I am just as content to do something as I am to sit there and not do something like on a given day. But then when the problem comes is that yeah, I just I just want somebody to schedule each day for me and just tell me exactly what to do when. That's to do what it. I do do. I know, and uh, I like that. All right. Speaking of doo-doo, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the, the potty training talk. And should we end this episode? We should end this episode. Uh, I'm going to end it with a kiss first so people don't think that we're actually arguing or anything. But we're, not, we're not arguing. I know that. I just want them to know that. They know. All right. Well, now they know. But uh, everyone, thank you so much for joining us on... This, this Family, Family Tree, Tree Podcast. Podcast, episode 15. That's how it goes? Yep.